Hi, this is Welcome to Self, and I'm your host, Dr. Haley D. Quinn, fellow human, business owner, and the anti-burnout business coach. I'm here for service-based business owners like you, to help you increase your own self-care and self-compassion, change the relationship you have with yourself and your business, and help you elevate your business to a new level so you can live the full and meaningful life you desire. We are all on a continual learning journey, so let's learn together. Welcome to Self is a place where you can come and learn about the practices that will assist you as a business owner and get tips on how to engage in your business in a way that is sustainable for you. You will realise that you're not alone in the ways that you struggle, because at times we all do. And I'm happy to share with you what I've learned through my own struggles and my experiences of running businesses. You can join me as I chat to wonderful guests and have your curiosity piqued about various topics. And I'll also bring you solo bite-sized business episodes that can easily fit into your day. This is a place to remember that you are human first and have different tasks in your business and different roles in your life that need your attention. And for that, you need to take care of yourself in the best way you can. This is a place of nourishment, growth, and helpful information. A place where you can learn ways to assist you and your business to thrive. Because remember, if you thrive, your business can too. Now let's get to the episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode. I've got another great guest episode for you today, and I'm excited to introduce her. I first met my next guest a few years ago when she spoke about copywriting in a coaching program I was a part of. Her energy captured me straight away, and I started following her on social media. Fast forward and I engaged with some of her free and paid content and last year decided I wanted to work more closely with her, so I joined her mastermind. As a coach, well, in all of my businesses, I've always made sure I have my own support. I think it's so important that we have people in our lives and businesses that support us, cheerlead us, teach us and keep us on track when there's too many shiny things and brilliant new ideas. So let me tell you about my guest. Anita Seek is a lawyer turned brand strategist and copywriter and CEO of WordFetty, a human-centred brand strategy and copywriting house specialising in helping brands that don't do normal create a dent in their industry through the power of psychology and words. With a big passion for words, language, and how the delicate choices of how they can trigger different emotions and feelings in a reader, Anita and her team at WordFetty are on a mission to spread the power of words, one of the most powerful tools we as humans have, in igniting world-changing ideas, provoking thought, and driving meaningful action and results. Anita's work has been featured on Forbes, Mumbrella, Smart Company, Thrive, and more. And some of her clients include Australia's largest insurance group, IAG, Challenge DV, formerly known as Australia's CEO Challenge, Lack of Colour, the Khalil Hotel Group, and Luna Bronze. Anita is an inspiring and remarkable woman who runs multiple businesses and aligns so well with my thinking about how life and business best interact. She is definitely a woman to pay attention to, and I have no doubt that you'll get a lot out of this episode. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Anita to the podcast. Hey, Anita, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Awesome. So can we just start with perhaps you telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you to the work that you're doing a little bit about who is Anita Seek a little bit of walk down memory lane I can do that so hello everyone um so I am Anita um I would love to say I had a very linear journey to doing what I do today but it is very non-linear um I used to be a lawyer um and I don't know I I climbed the corporate ladder 
the thing that you're supposed to do. Went to university. I studied law and psychology. Um, actually, originally law and commerce, but then I was just not excited about the commerce bit. So I said to my parents, uh, okay, I'm doing law because you wanted me to do law, but can I please choose something for myself? And they were like, okay, fine. So I swapped commerce to psychology and then, yeah, became a lawyer because that's what you do after six (laughs) and a half years uh, and did it too because that was what I grew up knowing my parents wanted me to do, being a lawyer or a doctor. Um, Climbed the corporate ladder and felt empty, Hayley, like very empty, uh, had my eyeballs on this role that I thought was the role that I wanted and that I would have made it if I got it. Um, I got it and I felt empty. Like I was just like, oh, <laughs> where is the confetti cannon? Where is like the, you know, all the cool things that are supposed to happen <laughs> once I reach this role? And then that was when I was like, okay, well, there is something missing. So I started to create, you know, side businesses or side hustles. Don't love the word hustle, but like side businesses uh, just to tap into my creative outlet. I had two other businesses before WordFetty, which is my business now. So just really quickly, I did photography. So I took photos at people's weddings, events. It was so much fun. Um, But it was not my thing. Like I still love taking photos, but it is just not my thing. Um, I was a food blogger as well at that stage. Um, And then I moved to uh, starting a little small business with my mom because she loves plants. So she has like a beautiful rainforest literally in her house always, whereas I kill cacti (laughs) and kill terrariums. So that was not going to be a vibe when people were emailing us asking me about plants and why their plants are dying. And I'm like, mine, mine is too. Yeah, same, <laughs> my same. solution. Yeah, yeah, same. My solution is my mom. <laughs> anyway, that didn't work. Uh, so Word Fetty began. And that was, gosh, almost six, seven years ago. Wow. And it was born purely because of my love for language and words. I love words. I grew yeah. up in a household where I learned like all five languages at the same time. And it's so cool that we all have this medium that we all have to connect um, and, yeah, share stories and messages with each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, here we are today. So WordFetty is now a um, dedicated, like, business to teach online businesses and copywriters alike how they can really stand out and um, convert through the power of words and psychology um, and understanding of consumer psychology. Um, and, yeah. Here I am. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And I love a windy road story. I, I have a very windy Money. road story myself and I and I, I do like to hear that it's not just me, <laughs> which, Mm-mm. of course, I know it's not. But let's start with you stepping away from this hard-earned profession as a lawyer to become a copywriter and business owner. I'm curious about what were some of the challenges you faced and what would you say to someone else who's kind of dreaming of changing careers but but scared to take that step? Because I think there's lots of people doing things that actually aren't lighting them up, you know? I would probably say the top two challenges I experienced uh, in that wobble was one, guilt for my parents, from my parents, or not from my parents, sorry, just guilt in general, because... I grew up with them being like, oh, my gosh, we worked so hard to put you in the best private school in Brisbane and, you know, like all the tutoring and all of that. And there was just this weight, this uh, Mm. backpack that I was carrying that I was like, if I did anything else, that would be a disappointment to my parents because they had worked so hard and sacrificed so much and I'm an only child. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, all the weight. So that would be the first thing, uh, my first wobble. Yeah. I think the second wobble was this more more probably just me personally. I didn't my both my parents are business owners, so it's not like I've never seen what it's like. But I think the second element to it is I went into it um not feeling like it would be the thing. Like it would be the thing. Like I did it on the side, even when I was sharing with you the story, like it was always the the side hustle. Yeah. 
And if it wasn't for this sliding door event, so the sliding door event for me was I got promoted. I got promoted in my role in um, in the government and I, one, felt empty, but also, two, it met with a bit of backlash from people that was in the team. And I'm going to just quickly say, like, 90% of the team were incredible. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, amazing. But then the 10% of the team would just... You could just feel it. Like it was almost like, who is this person? Um, I'm also Asian. I'm like, I was in my mid or early 20s and I have just moved up like four or five like ranks, literally into a senior position. And they are like, what? Who is this? We have been here probably for like, you know, 10, 20 years. And I get it. I, I get it. I do get it. But in that moment, it was the first time I had ever experienced an element of um, from exclusion to people rolling their eyes when I'm talking mm. to being excluded from meetings to wow. just you could feel it. It's an energy that I just felt. And that was my sliding door moment um, mm. where so after I got promoted three months later was when I actually quit, um, which wow, was a shock <laughs> to my director because he was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> We just promoted you. (laughs) And I was like, no, like I don't, like this is the time. Like if, and this is what I want to say to anyone who is on Mm. the fence, on the edge, this is the time. Like there is no other time. You can't wait until you make X amount so that you feel better leaving the corporate job. Because that was in my head. I was like, if I made like six figures, which is what it was getting to, if I made six figures in my you know, business, small business, then I can leave my corporate job. But I was only giving a side gig energy. So how can I expect it to give me this thing? Like, and don't get me wrong, there could be exceptions. You could have, a, you know, it could happen. But that was the time. And I remember almost not even, it it was a no-brainer. Like I literally was just like, this just does not feel right for me. And I would much rather not have a job than to feel like this every day. Cause I was crying, Haley. Like I would be devastated every day after work and be like, I don't understand like why people are being like this yeah. to me. It feels uncomfortable. Um, there is no other time though. Cause in my head, I'm like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. I go out there, give this business that I've created my best shot. It doesn't work. But guess what? I've still got skills that I've added on throughout yeah. the X amount of years. Yes, I could probably apply for another role in government. I could get a role in McDonald's if I want to. Like, I will be okay. Like, yeah. I will be okay. But there is only one chance now that is a fork in the road. You either continue living life with this. And I was like, I'm not going to be happy in this yeah. for the next five years. Or I try something different. And yeah. That was when I, yeah, took the leap and yeah. didn't tell my mum for a year. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's that really tuning into yourself, isn't it? It was like you being aware of how you were feeling and what that was like for you and the energy that you felt in that workplace mm. that helped you decide. And, and a lot of the work I do with people is really getting them to understand themselves and tune into how they're feeling. Because yes. until we can do that, we can't make good choices for ourselves, right? You could have kept turning up to that same job feeling really depleted, really distressed by it. Um, I mean, you, you know, I, I know you, Anita, and it doesn't surprise me that you kind of worked your way up the ranks really quickly. And you, you're going to do that in whatever you do. So why not do it for yourself? Because obviously you've started what you're doing and, and you're very successful with that. I, I'd like to talk to you about a couple of things today. One around the copywriting stuff, because I think a lot of people listening, you know, a lot of us struggle with that. Um, we kind of know what we want to say. We don't always know how we want to say it. So I think copywriting is a really important thing, but also some stuff around business. So yeah. can we start with the copywriting stuff around why do you think words and messaging are so important for a business? Yep. Uh, three big reasons. One, words, language is the central medium in how you and I connect and communicate. It is like the key to communication for us as humans. It's how we share ideas. It's how we share stories. It's how we then create that element of connection so that people feel like, oh, I trust you, Haley. I trust you, Anita. I, I feel like you get me. 
And that is when connections are formed. And before conversion is connection. So that's one of the biggest reasons why words, language, messaging is important. The second reason is how we as consumers actually make a purchasing decision. I'm a big believer in the fact that there are three key uh, questions that indirectly your audience are actually asking before they're ready to go, yep, I am in, or yep, I want to buy this or add to cart. And that is why this, why now, and why you? If you cannot communicate that and say why this, which is why this solution, why this offer, why this product, why you, in other words, out of all the other brands or people that could also help me solve this problem, um, why should I choose you or your offer? And then why now is the element of prioritization because the reason why some people do not take action is like it's not because they may not see like value potentially or that you don't have a great product or an offer. It's because they do not see the priority of them taking action now. There is something that is above that. So when it comes to copywriting and messaging, this is where we can convey through language the real value of what we're actually selling and what we're actually offering out there to the world. And the final thing is, which is a bit of an extension of what I've just mentioned there, it has the ability to make you complete, like just stand out and actually convey the real value of what you're actually offering. If you're a surface-based business, you're not just selling based on hours. Uh, It's so much, and and this is very easy for, and I'm an ex-lawyer as well. So it's like, it's a very traditional way of looking at how you charge, but that is, I believe, controversial opinion, but I believe that's setting so many service-based businesses up to fail, this way of thinking where you're charging it based on hour, because guess what? You've only got so many hours in the day and you're going to be capped, right? So um, uh, copywriting and messaging really invites us to actually look at the value of what we're delivering beyond just one hour, two hours, or beyond just maybe the features and benefits of a product, but yeah. actually what does the service or the product actually do for you and how yeah. can you communicate it in a way that is clear and succinct and is memorable? Yeah, so so many reasons, isn't it? And again, you, you touch on that, you know, really conveying what it is you're offering, but also who you are as the person offering it. Mm. And and I come back to this and I, and I come back to this with everything that I do is And so you need to understand yourself because you need to understand yourself to know what it is that you bring to the table. And I think the other thing, you know, when you were talking about this is the way we communicate is the importance of this in both spoken and written um, medium so that we are accessible to people. Not everybody can read the stuff. Not everybody can hear the things that we say. Um, So that importance of using our words, even on things like social media, making sure we've got captions and things happening totally. when we're speaking I think that that always comes to mind for me is you know we, we need to make sure that we're being accessible for other people yes. what would you say to somebody who thinks they really can't write they're like oh but I really can't write or I don't know how to get the ideas out of my head um what, what would you say to them apart from join your wonderful word fetty club <laughs> <laughs> here is here is what I'd say uh we all know how to write. Uh, we were taught it in school. We were taught it in high school, primary school, kindy, uni, college. But here is the biggest misconception. Uh, how we were taught to write in school is very different to what copywriting actually is. And mm. this is maybe an old element of just us thinking writing is like red markers. You know, this is wrong. you got a B plus for this because you didn't do this. Yeah. Uh, and you were critiqued. Literally, if we really think about what we were, how writing was in school, you were critiqued, even from assessments to assignments, you were critiqued with the red marker, this is right, this is wrong. So of course, then going into the real world, you're going to be like, oh no, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. I forgot my comma here. I I forgot my, like, how do I start a sentence? So already we're starting in, for example, a professional world already feeling that yeah. anxiety or that fear that we're going to get it wrong. Yeah. But copywriting is not getting the commas and grammar 
absolutely chef kiss. Uh, and I say this again, slightly controversial, but half of the most memorable messaging and taglines have zero grammar, like yeah. got milk, zero grammar. Like that is, that does not make sense. Got yeah. milk. It should really say, have you got milk? Right. Yeah. So when we think about it from the lens of uh, writing and copywriting is completely different. Copywriting, and I, this is what I would say to someone who is like, I cannot write and I cannot get my, my words out. The biggest part of copywriting is your ability to translate and trust what's in your mind, in your words, and translate that out there into language and words. Like translate the brilliance out of your head onto paper, into words. If you do not trust in what you're about to say, if you do not have confidence in what you're selling, of course the words are going to be blocked. So this is where it's almost like instead of thinking that it's just about grammar, getting it right, like take the time to ask those questions. Like why should people buy your product or or your offer? Why should they choose you? Once you have that structure, the words will flow a lot easier if you allow yourself and trust yourself instead of, approaching it from a space of fear. Oh no, I'm going to get it wrong. You can't yeah. get it wrong. You can always edit. Yeah, You can always absolutely. edit. <laughs> so that is what I would say. Everyone can write, but a lot of it is in trusting and taking yeah. imperfect action and also yeah. to recognizing that copywriting is simply a conversation you're having with your audience. Yeah. So, so practicing and building confidence. Can I add as well, I think one of the things that we learn in school and in higher education as well is do not have an original thought. Regurgitate whatever it is that you're reading or researching. And the beauty about when we start copywriting is it's all our original thoughts, isn't it? Not necessarily all original thoughts, but we can bring ourselves to that. And one of the things I I do for myself, because if I start writing or typing, I can get a bit stuck. We we have very formal, you know, psychologists, we have very formal ways of writing. And when I go to type something, I can find myself in this quite formal way of doing it. Mm. So what I've started doing is I transcribe, I, I speak it into um, an AI program and have it translate. So it is like a conversation. And I find oh, yeah. that is like my first draft so that it's yes. not this formal, you know, so-and-so reported and blah, blah. <laughs> that is a really great strategy. And I, even though it's not like you in front of a computer typing, I vouch for that because sometimes we are like, it, it does come a lot easier. We use words every day. So don't tell me that you can't write. Like you, we use words every day. It's just a matter of actually writing it that makes you feel like, oh no, I need to get it right the first yeah. time. And, you know, one of the other things that I have found to be really helpful, and this is one key strategy I would recommend for anyone who is feeling stuck with getting the words out because the next question listeners may have it's like okay cool but like how do I get my words out is I really want you to think of that one person you're actually writing to like literally as you're about to type or you're about to record what you want to say really if you have to close your eyes like literally close your eyes or think about that person their frustrations their fears they're sitting in front of you and they what would you say to them right what would you say to them you're not going to talk to them in a way that is, you know, this brief contains evidence that is going, like, you're not going to get all corporate.com, right? You're going to be like, you know, uh, you know, recent statistics have actually shown this, which is crazy because A, B, and C. So it's like, think of that person in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. We're communicating with a human, aren't we? We're not, we're not just communicating with a keyboard. We're communicating with a, yes. with a human being. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I think that's so helpful. Thank you. I think people really find that those little ways of just getting started can be helpful. And, and that understanding that we have been taught in a way that isn't how we want to be writing as business owners, you know, unless we're doing formal reports and things, of course. And then, of course, yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's also just flexing that muscle, too. Like I would highly yeah. recommend just letting yourself write with no real objective because. Yeah. As soon as you write, you think you have to get it right. But like, if you just let yourself, even uh, there's a uh, like morning pages where you can just write with no agenda. Like you're just letting what's in your mind and what's coming into your mind out there into words. No one has to see it, but it's just practicing the muscle of writing. 
Yeah. Writing. Absolutely. I recently started writing for a magazine. And one of the things I love about that is just this creative space to just write, submit something. Um, Love that. If I don't want to do it, I don't. But I'm quite committed to like, no, I'm going to do that because it's building my writing muscle and I'm really loving it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So you run a couple of businesses with different services. And one of the things I really love about you and was attracted to working with you, because, of course, I'm in your mastermind, Anita, which is wonderful. And one of the things I was really attracted to you is not only are you an amazing businesswoman, you're very inspiring as I, I watched you. You and I kind of met many years ago in another coaching thing where you came in and spoke about copywriting and your energy captured me at that point, And I started following you on social media. As I think often happens with people, we start kind of stalking people on social media and checking you out. And then I was very inspired about how you run your businesses and and the way you operate. And one of the things I love is your commitment to making sure that your businesses also align with the way you want to live. That's something that's very close to my heart. That's something I work with people in my programs with. Um, Could you share with our audience some of the things that you keep in mind to ensure that you're running a sustainable business and taking care of yourself as a business owner? Yes. Okay, before I do that, I do want to highlight the moment that actually got me to think the way that because I did not start (laughs) off like this. I did not start the business and like, yeah, I'm going to include self-care today and then I'm going to go for a walk. No, yeah. like no, the no. first like we all have one time, of those yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> for the first like three, and it was ugly. Okay, like for the first yep. like two three years, I hustled. I hustled yeah. because I went from side hustle to then this business, and then I was working for six seven days. I worked like 10, 12 hour days, uh, and it was not healthy. I burnt yeah. out. I blacked yeah. out actually uh, right. before a photo shoot. And I still went to the photo shoot. Like, so my husband yeah. now took me to the doctors and he was like, oh yeah, you should probably just rest. Uh, do you want me to write you a doctor's certificate? I'm like, ah, funny, funny. No, <laughs> you cannot write me a doctor's certificate because that won't work. Anyway, um, how do I, that was a big reason. Uh, yeah. It was a big wake up call for me. Yeah. Um my health deteriorated. I blacked out. I had to reschedule a lot of things and I felt bad, like, like just felt bad in general, physically, mentally, everything. Mm. Um, the business ironically was actually doing great. Everything Mm. was great externally, internally, profit wise, but I felt really sad and down and exhausted and almost resentful. Um, which again, were all these feelings around like, but what, like, how dare you feel resentful? Like people would love these leads. People would love to be able to work with, uh, you know, work with these brands. And, and I was so grateful, but then I was also met with this feeling of why do I feel so like I was starting to dread Mondays, if I'm too honest. So I took back then that was 2019 2020 I took like a six-week break I always take an extended break over Christmas and New Year's um, but I took an extra extended break that time because I my body needed it and I was like "Uh uh-uh like this is not it like this is not it like I had been creating this business up until now based on this success definition that is not mine Like I was seeing other agencies, I was seeing other service-based businesses being booked out and, you know, growing based on hiring more people and more people. And I did not for one moment, and this sounds like like crazy now I've come to think of it, I did not for one moment pause and consider what does it look like for me? What do I want it to look like? What does success actually look like for me? And what do I want it to be? And it is. And when I look into it, I was like, I was never also asked what I wanted growing up. No, no, no shade to my parents. I love them. And they did the best that they could with what they had. But never was I once asked by them or any of my family members, Anita, what do you want? 
How do you feel? What would you like? You know, it was like lawyer or doctor. Yeah. Uh, so it was very much like, I, I, it doesn't matter what I want. It was always whatever people wanted. And that was a big wake up call for me. I was like, whoa, yeah. I was literally creating my life based on other people's success definitions. And yeah. I see this so often, Haley, like where people online look at coaches and they're yeah. like, oh, wow, she's got a seven figure business or eight figure business. And I want that. And I, but do you? Do you really? Do you actually, yeah. do you and want, do you want that what, entire? Yeah. Because yeah, do you want what goes with it to get to that place right. as well? And you but also I, don't know, right? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you make some really important points there of one. I think so many people learn the hard way about taking care mm. of themselves, but also the piece around like just pushing and pushing and keeping on going. And you mentioned that, you know, you, your parents had these expectations, you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor. And there was this sense of kind of guilt and disappointing them. So I wonder if that played into it. Okay, oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to be a lawyer or a doctor. I'm going to have a business, but I'm going to have, have the best business there is. Yeah, and it's going to be so exit. successful. Yeah. <laughs> but also I didn't know what that actually looked like either. Yeah. Like it was purely from then, like back then, it was purely measured by money. Like, yeah. if I'm to be honest, it was purely like, okay, well, I will make this much. Okay, I will double yeah. it. And then I would need it. And then I'm like, okay, I guess we yeah. go more. Like, yeah. terrible way of measuring the success of your business. Like, it should yeah. never be, if I, I was to say one thing, do not measure the success uh, of your business purely based on money. Because My if dollars, you're telling me, no. if, if you're telling me that someone makes a seven-figure business or a six-figure, whatever it is that you aspire to have, but then they are working themselves to the bone, they have no time with their kids, they cannot travel, They can, which I love traveling, they cannot do half the things that make yeah. them feel more than, that is not success to me. Like no, That is not I, success. And I think we, we need to call out as well that a lot of people out there in online world that are promoting six, seven, eight-figure businesses are not telling you that it takes you nearly that much money to get the revenue. Like you, your oh, profit yeah. matters. Your revenue is one thing. You could you could yeah. have a million-dollar business. It's That's costing it. you, you know, everything but $10,000 to actually get the million dollars and you walk home with $10,000. Or like you're at a loss. Like that's also Exactly. Not, so know, I think we, we need to be be careful don't we but again it's coming back to you're talking about your definition of success and we need to know ourselves and we need to tune in and understand that I, I covered these things in, in the program I work with business owners where you've really got to slow down and think about what does success mean for you because so I mean I'm assuming you've then you've got more of a picture of what that means because yeah. you live a life that doesn't look like you're just powering on trying to make loads and loads of money um you're creating businesses in a life that are full of things that you enjoy yeah yeah I think a really big uh realization for me too that I had I hadn't yet shared on uh, with you yet Haley on this podcast is a big wake-up call for me too was uh, you know I lost my dad quite suddenly, and that was through terminal cancer. And I was his carer up until the very end, but I saw him work literally on literally on his deathbed, literally mm. taking calls on his laptop, working, taking calls. It's like, I was like, and there's an element of grief I have on that because I'm like, that makes me sad, so sad mm. that the final days of his life was this hustle and this chase for this thing that he may never actually fully be able to experience. And I don't, it's like, I don't, I looked at, I looked at that and I'm like, I do, that is, I don't want that. Like that to yeah. me is not yeah. success. Cause then you don't get to also spend time with your kids as much until yeah. you're literally diagnosed with terminal cancer and life is, you don't know when life is going to flip. You don't know mm. when, that line finishes. Uh, I've met people who are literally, I'm not trying to get all negative, but it's like I've met people who just passed literally just like that in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, yeah. unexpected. And that's yeah. the thing. Like we are pouring so much energy into this thing called business or work 
not to say I don't care. I love the work that I do. I love business yeah. and all of yeah. that. But the thing is, we're missing out on life. We, yeah. we are do not create a business so much so that it takes you away from life. Yeah. And you're not living and you're literally not living because there is yeah. so much beauty in the world to see. I love traveling. Um, there's so much in the world to see, to experience, but we just continuously get ourselves into this rhythm where it's like, once I get this, then yeah. I will this. Once I reach, like get to Christmas, then I will rest. Well, no, yeah. that's a terrible way of looking can't at it. Like you, should that, be, hey. you should be resting, doing the things that you love every day. Why can't you? You can. Absolutely. You are the time creator of your life. And you you make some such valuable points. And I'm so sorry about the loss of your, your dad. And, and what a thing for you to see as well happening. Mm. But how wonderful that you've taken the learning from that. Because not because not everybody does. People see things and experience things in life and we don't always take the learnings and you have and it's to your benefit. And I don't think you're getting negative. It's interesting when when I always think when people start to talk about death or, you know, that life isn't forever and we have this thing of like, oh, maybe that's a negative thing to talk about. I think we it's almost need to talk about it more in life because no, I agree. it yeah. helps us when we realise that we don't have infinite time. We are able to make decisions that serve us better in the present moment, I think. You know, yes. when we know, we don't know. Tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. This afternoon isn't promised to any of us, right? True. Um, yeah. We get to make different decisions. And, That's you know, it. there's some beautiful research where people have been interviewed at the end of their lives and not one of them said, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Yeah, no. <laughs> or like, no. I wish I worked harder. No. <laughs> like, no. no. It's about oh. connection and time with loved That's ones it. and doing meaningful That's activities. It. So I, I think I'm glad you raised that because um, I think it's really, really important. It's so important. I think uh, like I grew up very quickly throughout that whole thing, but it's almost yeah. like it, it makes me it see that made me sad, like I said, because I feel yeah. like dad never really got to live. Yeah. But so many people are actually doing this now, like all around yeah. us. And if you're yeah. listening at the moment, like pause and literally consider like, what does, what do you want? Like, what does yeah. success actually feel like and look like for you? Like, what are the priorities of you and your life? And does that actually align with where you're spending your time every day? Because yeah. if you're saying you care a lot about your kids and you want to spend more time, but then you have no time and it's not about spending five hours with them. Like it's just quality time. Yeah. Like half an hour could be better than three hours where you're spending with them, where you're on your, on your phone, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Starting to really tune in again, getting to know yourself, tune in. And and this stuff can be really scary for people. And, and I get that. There can be a lot of fears, blocks and resistances that show up to people saying, well, actually, I want to start prioritizing my own needs or I want to start doing things differently in my life. But there are ways to work through that. Um, yeah. You know, you you and I both had that kind of journey of doing things a particular way and crashing and burning and then learning from it and coming up with new ways to live kind of yep. sustainable and thriving lives that we enjoy and, and running successful businesses that we enjoy as well, but not that are completely depleting us. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, so of all of that, um, what are the things you do kind of on the regular to take care of yourself? Cause like you say, you don't wait till Christmas to rest. That's not a good plan at all people. Yep. Um, so what are some of the sort of daily, monthly, weekly yeah. things you might do? A number of things. I'll try to just speak to the ones that are coming to my head right now. Um, I put in my holidays first. So when Same. I yeah put in my holidays first always, I then design everything else around it. Yeah. Um, I go for heaps of walks. I I would also say that when I'm feeling stressed or there's a lot of things on my plate, that is that used to be an alert system for me to be like, oh no, keep pushing on so I can smash out as many things as possible so that tomorrow it will be less. But yeah. now it's almost like I need to double down on my self-care even more. And yes. I yes. you know, adore, yeah, I adore <laughs> this about you and your approach and everything that you teach and your program. And that is why I adore working with you as well, because you're so, you know, 
about that element of self-care is not just for Saturdays. Self-care is not just for, you know, the end of the year. Like it needs to be a big part of your every day. And that looks different for everyone, Uh, right? So I could say I go for walks, I go to saunas, I go to ice bath, but for some people they're like, well, ice bath, well, sauna, no, thank you. So you're going to find what it works for you. Uh, So yeah, saunas, ice baths. I do go to the gym. I try to go to the gym at least four times a week go to saunas every single week, uh, ice baths as well. Um, the other element for me too is alone time. Yeah. Love my husband. Uh, but when I say alone time, I mean also alone time from him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> from everyone. And I am just alone in my own thoughts. Yeah. And I usually take myself on a solo location. So I'll yeah. book myself somewhere. Yeah. Um, I've done this now for three, four years since that moment where I got, you know, just, I, I was burnt out. Yeah. Um, I've done it since, and it's a very uncomfortable first couple of days. Like, so I'll usually book like five days. It'll be very uncomfortable for me for the first two, three days. But then I'm like, huh, like, I feel like then I'm dialing out the external noise and dialing up the internal things and things that are really important, things I want to feel. And everything is more vivid when I'm just alone. Like I can hear the birds. I can see everything in so much color. So I do that as well. I do that every year. Um, What are some of the things? Uh, Travel. I love traveling. That's a big part for me that just fills my cup um, a lot. And I think the other thing too for me is I, and again, like to everything we've been talking about on this episode, I also lean in a lot into what I need now. Like I might wake up or I might have planned a full on week and being like, yep, boom, 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 boom. But then I might wake up one day and be like, wow, I do not feel the best. And because the work that I do is quite deep and immersive and also, um, creative in the realm yeah. of copywriting and teaching and I do bring the energy yeah oh you do. there is more reason <laughs> oh yeah I do uh but it's almost like that is even more reason I need to look after myself Absolutely. because in order for me to best show up to my students my clients my family dean everyone my friends everyone else around yeah. me I need to make sure I am protecting my energy and looking after myself so um that's another thing, like saying no to events that do not spark joy for me. Yeah. You know, oh, that's another thing. My Even though <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. And, you know, for, for some people, all those things aren't necessarily available. I think, you, you mm. know, you and I speak from a place of privilege and we can totally. do some of these things. And not everybody can do that. But I think there's ways we can do that that don't cost money, that we don't have to go places. Like having that time for yourself can be going and shutting yourself in a room in the house or going right. down to the bottom of the garden or sitting out on a balcony or wherever yes. you happen to be. Going for a walk, that's my alone time every day. Yeah. I mean, with my dogs, but still alone. <laughs> yeah, and even if something like that's not possible, if somebody accessibility-wise can't mm. go for a walk, is finding ways that fit for them to just slow down and tune in. And you mentioned that checking in with yourself. One of my greatest life hacks has been just slowing down, regulating my nervous system, checking in. Hey, Haley, how are you going? What do you need right now? And then listening to what I say, you know, listening to that inner wisdom and acting on that. And then, you know, really dialing into what works for me with my budget, with my time, with my family circumstance, all that sort of stuff. But the important thing is, isn't it, is that there's something that you're doing on a regular basis where you're connecting with what you need as an individual to take care of yourself. Yeah. That's it. That took a bit of time for me to actually even dull up that internal voice because, again, no one's ever really asked. Like no one's ever, but you've got to ask yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. And it and it does take time. I think about when I started to change the relationship with myself, I thought to myself, if I was trying to get get to know somebody new, what would I do? Well, I would listen to the, what they had to say. I would ask them open and curious questions mm-hmm. and pay attention to the answers. And that's what I started doing with myself. I'm like, well, okay, I, I don't know myself well, or I, I didn't have a great relationship with myself for many, many years. 
And that's what I started to do. And it does take time. It's not an overnight thing. Um, but gosh, it's worth it. And it helps you create a completely different life. Hey, it does. Yeah. I think, um, and I always say, I think we've had this conversation before you and I, but it's like, you know, inherently, you know, you know, like, you know, whether or not it's, should I do this? Should I like inherently like, you know, yeah. Just need to turn down that noise. Hey. Yeah. Turn down the external noise. So what do you think has been your biggest key learning in business so far? Ooh. If you had oh, to pick one. <laughs> that is so hard to just you know. pick one. I feel like I'm making, I call them flurnings, like failure and learnings. I love like that. I make them so often and yeah. I love it. I think my biggest learning in business, for some reason this just uh, came into my mind, but it's, If I help others, and this was probably not the answer you were looking for, but like this is the first thing that came to my mind. But if I help others step into their purpose, they will step into theirs is what comes to mind. I think my biggest learning in business is now that success is just not for me measured by the dollars. Like it's not... And it's taken a long time for me to arrive at a point where I used to be obsessed over looking at our zero, our financials. Don't get me wrong, I still do. It's important to know your numbers. But I used used to attach my identity literally to it. When we have, when something bad happens, I'm like, oh, no, because I was my business. I am my business. Like, literally, I am Word Fetty. (laughs) I am X business. And that is dangerous because Mm. two reasons. One, when so much of your identity is tied to this business, it then makes it hard for you to stop doing work, like just stop working because you're like, who am I outside of this business? And that's why so many people struggle to stop and they keep working until they burn out because they don't know who they are if they just stop working. Yeah. Just so much of their identity. Yeah. Yeah, But equally, when something wobbles and you're in business, so if you're in business or even in a corporate career, if something wobbles, if you attach so much of yourself to mm-hmm. it, then when that goes wrong, you then make it about you. You then yeah. feel bad. You then don't show up. You then do X, Y, Z. So now I see so much of like, it's separate. Like yeah. Anita is Anita. Anita's created Word Fetty. Anita's created this. Anita's yeah. created that. But they're separate. That doesn't mean I don't care about these businesses or these things that I've got. But they're separate. And I now much rather measure my success based on the transformation and life changes I get to make personally. This is my definition. Like even if it's just one person, like if I can impact even just one life um, in my year, in my month, like that is so special, like Mm -hmm. to me to know there's a gazillion people in this world and I get to be that person that, I don't know, plants a seed in someone else's life. And that is their sliding door moment to yeah. creating something for themselves, which yeah. comes back to if I step into my, you know, purpose, then I feel like I help others step into theirs. So Absolutely. long-winded answer. But, yeah, I think just looking at the business not as Anita. No. It's a part it, of me. Yeah. You, you're not your business. You have a business. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And and you, you you've made an impact on me. In many, many ways, darling. So there you go. Mission accomplished. Oh. <laughs> what um, what has been your biggest highlight? Again, if you could pick one, and I know that's hard, but what's been your biggest highlight as a business owner? Uh, I would probably say that was for me last year. So I took my mum on a – I know this sounds really just – I don't know whether we want to call it materialistic or whatever, but I have had the desire to take my mum. She's never been on business class. Um, She's never also spoiled herself. She's never let herself be spoiled. She's always been quite frugal. She's always been saving all the things so that she could give it to me and put me in the best education. But there was also that flip 360 where I'm like, no, we're going to freaking spoil you like rotten. So for me, the biggest highlight, as soon as you ask me that question, um, isn't even business. Like it is the fact that the business has helped 
like allowed for me to now you know spoil my mom and she and my dad like you know pouring in so much to put me in they worked like crazy and put me in the best education wanted me to have the absolute best and now I want her to have the best you know the other way around and I think for me the most beautiful thing about the business has been that like to be able Mm. to create uh create these moments for my mom um, I'm about to go to a little holiday with her. I'm taking her to Hobart. She's never been there. Yeah. Taking her to discover the world uh, yeah. when she used to take me to discover the world. Um, I would also say the other part of that is now the impact I get to choose to like create. Yeah, This could be in little things like this, but it's now in, you know, being able to choose, you know, where I want to um, like pour in my time, pour in money, uh, resources to fuel other elements as well. So yeah, yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That's beautiful. So, so again, it's, it, it's not about, um, the business per se, is it? It's around when you choose business ownership, it allows you to make different choices in so many aspects of your life. That's it. Yeah. That's beautiful. And to, to be able to spoil your mom is lovely. But it's interesting as well, and I wonder if this is is mainly um, a gendered thing, is when we start to talk about money or spending money on something like a business class flight, there's this discomfort that comes with it that we feel like we have to apologise. And, mm. and I think it's important we kind of go, we don't need to apologise for that. I think if we, if we have privilege, then we, we need to acknowledge it. Yeah, but we're also allowed to want for things, and and as women, we are allowed to want to be successful. We are allowed to want to make a lot of money. We are allowed to go out there and do that. We've been socialized into staying small, staying quiet, Damn right, not yeah. being successful. And I say, sod that. If that's the life you want, then that's the life you can start making choices for yourself. So good on you. And I think that's just beautiful. I remember seeing it on Instagram and you and your mom are just the cutest ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that you called that out as well and mentioned that. I think it's one of those things where um, and it's tricky. It's almost like you and, – and it's all of our different types of narratives, right, because mm, to some people, yeah. you know, you you might be like, yeah, that's – so fair, but for some people, and based on our own definition of what greed, what success, yeah. what you know, all of that is, you could hear that and be like, "Oh, like that's mm-hmm. a bit, you know, greedy," or "That's a bit yeah. blah." But that's again, I go back to you know, it's our responsibility to tell or speak our truth, but yeah. not our responsibility on how other people see it. No, and also if people are holding those beliefs, again. Get to know yourself because are they actually your thoughts and beliefs or are they Mm -hmm. things that you've picked up along the way that are stopping you from making choices that you want to make in your life, whether that's about earning more money or working less or doing things differently. It doesn't matter what it is, but we hold so many beliefs that we've picked up from very early in life and they're not always helpful for us. So it's like Mm -hmm. do an audit. Is this my thinking? Are these my beliefs? Or do I need to leave them where they belong and actually get to know what I want for my life? Yeah. 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 Oh, Anita, I've got so many more questions for you and I I can see the times running along. But one of the things that I I wanted to kind of ask you, and I think we've, we've touched on this, but how your work has influenced your own life and how you now see yourself, perhaps compared to how you previously saw yourself. How work has influenced my life. I think, um, you know, the when you first when when you just said that question, immediately in my mind, I think, isn't it interesting how there is this concept of work that is part of our life that we're supposed to be, you know, doing the thing to make the doula, like the 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 moolah, and then use it to buy things in our that enrich our life or whatever mm-hmm. it might be for you. Um, I think for me, what has been really interesting has been seeing the overlap between what I see work to be like good work and what a good life is and seeing the overlap. Yeah. So highly recommend 
you like anyone listening to this, I did this exercise. You can actually do it. I didn't create this exercise. It's by designing your life. It's a design thinking methodology where they actually, it was created by Stanford University and they actually got you to really think about what, what is work? Yeah. Like what is work? Like what makes good work? What makes like not so good work? And what is a good life? Like it gets very deep. I love deep, but it's like, what makes a good, what makes good work? Why do we work? And what makes a good life? And there's a lot of other questions. You can just Google it. Like it's like a designing your life questions, but um, looking at the work view and life view and seeing what overlaps for me with three things. One, learning. So I love learning, Mm. learning in both life and business. I love learning. And biggest reason why I experiment a lot, the biggest thing where I learn a lot um, the other element to that is freedom. Now, freedom is very easy to say, but getting mm. really specific of freedom is freedom in decision-making, freedom in creative play, in yeah. creative ideas, in being able to look at a way that has been done traditionally and being like, you know what, I can do it very differently. Yeah. So it's like getting really clear on what that is for me. Um, and the final element for me is legacy. Like I feel like I... Again, going back to even just one person, like just this element of, you know, meeting someone, you just never know. Like you could literally go to a cafe. If you go to a cafe every single day and you've never talked to your barista, like even just having a conversation with them, you don't know. That could be, yeah, yeah, but same with work, right? So that for me has always been the thing. And it's funny because that's also how Dean and I, my husband now, got first connected. It was simply through me sliding into his Facebook messages and I started conversation like and we just talked through that like we had mutual friends but we never had a genuine conversation Mm. until a Facebook chat and I think that was a big sliding door moment for me obviously but it's like so much you could change someone's life your life can change simply by um that element of connection and approaching it from a space of that um yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, you, you can actually impact someone's life through a very micro moment. Yeah, I, I love I love that, and I think that's great. Getting people to think about what is work and what is life, and what is a good good work and good life. And your your sense of freedom reminded me of something. And this this would probably sound really self absorbed, um, <laughs> but I have a joke with my husband about when things aren't going, if things aren't in the world the way I think I would prefer them to be or that I kind of see and think oh why would that be done like that I we have this kind of joke that uh, about Haley land that it wouldn't be like that if it was Haley land oh, I love it what's started to happen though which has been really helpful and you were saying about just because people do it one way how can I have the freedom to do it differently I might be talking about because obviously I've pivoted my business I've I'm a clinical psychologist I'm I'm a coach as well and I'm really building that aspect of my business and there's lots of learning and, and lots of ways people do things. And I'll say to my husband, oh, you know, this is how people are doing it and blah, blah, blah. And he might sometimes say to me, but how would it be done if it was in Haleyland? And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Of course, I don't need to do brilliant. it like the way they're doing it. I need to come back to myself and how I do it because yes. that's what I bring to the table. That's, that's what makes right. me different. That's what makes my business different. Oh, so, yeah. Yes, Chris. So we Hayley all need land. our own little land. I need a land, yeah. Haley land. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So given you're in business, it has its ups and downs. There are lots of learnings. It can be challenging. How important have you found it to have a support system around you whilst you're running your business? And what do you find most helpful about this? Critical. So important. Mm. I think... Yeah. It's critical from a few different dimensions. It's critical because the people that you surround yourself with and the circle, the inner circle, or who, however you want to coin that, that could be from a personal friendship lens, that could be from a professional lens in containers, will impact what you will then define as, in a way, your normal, new normal. If you surround yourself with people who just are not in that level or that same wavelength then you might be like oh yeah okay maybe not maybe I won't like and it just takes I do believe it's contagious I do believe energy is contagious 
So oh, there's research me, that'll back you up on that. There's absolutely yeah, research that'll back you up absolutely. on that. Absolutely. And I think it's been critical for me um, in terms of just making sure that I have and support network is like I said, it's not just in the work sense that I have a great team. I have also, you know, great like support networks in the realm of business, but it's also support networks outside. Like, you know, I also have a therapist. I love, love my therapist. Um, you know, I have a therapist. I also have, you know, other support networks that I lean on beyond just business, but is a, opportunity for me to have it's almost like creating your own board yeah. like to support you in life and business like you know dean my husband um my friends who don't own a business like so curating your support system doesn't mean just work i think it's like looking yeah. at it again as your entire life yeah. and yes work is one key component and who where do you want to go and how can you get the right people. I do believe it's always the who, not not just the what. Like who yeah. can you get to really support you in propelling you to that next level? Yeah. It's been critical. Like community, people, connections, critical um, yeah, yeah. in uh, what I believe uh, is key for business growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a good point that it's not just about business, is it? Um, I have mm. my own therapist as well. Obviously, I'm a therapist. I believe in people having therapy. Um, I'm a coach. I have, um, you know, I work with you in a mastermind. I'm a yeah. business coach. I believe in having yeah. um, business support, but also people who you're not talking about that stuff with. Maybe you can just go and do something else that's nothing to yeah. do with business and just talk but about it. But you can just whatever. be. You just, yeah, where yeah. you can just be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So this is a question that I ask all my guests and it's my favourite question. Um, If you could meet your 80-year-old self, what do you think she would say to you? Well, first of all, 80-year-old Anita will be fabulous. Oh, yes, she she will. will. (laughs) She will be fabulous, wearing a very colourful dress, I hope. Um... I think she would, I think she would probably be like just experience more and create more special moments um, and don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and trailblazing a path even if it feels uncomfortable because I do sometimes feel uncomfortable doing yeah. things a little bit differently, yeah. you know, launching things a different way. I feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because there is no proven track record from that I'm leaning on, right? Um, and I get nervous, but I think, yeah, my 80-year-old self will be like, you know, experience more and have more fun and, you know, just freaking don't be afraid to put yourself out there and do things that are a little bit different because, you might then find just like the juju, like the juice there, the treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like feeling, that's what she would say. I have a feeling she's also going to say to you, thank you, darling, for seeing how to do it differently and taking those brave steps and doing it differently and taking me on such a wonderful journey. Aww. I'm sure she will say something a like that. A colourful life. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to find out more about you or get in touch, what's the best way that they can do that? And I'll put some links in the show notes as well. Yeah, so find me personally on Instagram, Anita Seek, A-N-I-T-A-S-I-E-K. And you can also find WordFetty, which is um, the WordFetty uh, WordFetty copywriting house I was talking about over on Instagram, WordFetty. Um, And you can find also a freebie if you're really intrigued in the realm of copywriting and language, we have an incredible freebie, wordfettygroup.com forward slash freebie, where every day over five days, we drop in with like a five minute lesson on copywriting to uplevel it. So yeah. Well, well worth it. One of the things I love about the way you do copywriting is you teach it in a way that is so easy to take on board and take action with. Um, So I'd highly recommend people go grab that. And um, and also, if you could distill it down into one piece of advice, and again, I know that can be tricky, what would you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? 
I'd say to bring it back home, make decisions based on the person you want to become or the business you want to become instead of the business or the person that you want to maintain or band-aid. Beautiful. I love that. Anita, I, I always love being in touch with you. Your energy energizes me. I think you're wonderful. And um, thank you so much for coming on my little potty. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley, for having me. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care, darling. Thank you for sharing this time with me today. I hope our time together has been helpful and supportive. If there has been something in this episode that you have found helpful, I invite you to share it with another person you think might benefit. If you've benefited in any way from the podcast, please do me a favour and show my pod some love by giving it a five-star rating and review. Ratings, reviews and shares really help to increase awareness and reach of the podcast, allowing this helpful information to be spread more widely. All reviews are welcome and much appreciated. If you do share on socials, remember to tag me so I can see who's listening because you never really know over here in podcast land and I can reach out personally to say thank you. If you'd like to be notified when the next episode airs, please use the link in the show notes to join our mailing list. If you have any particular topics you'd like to learn more about or guests you'd like to hear from, please reach out and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Music and editing by Nissa Ray. Thanks, Nissa. I wish you all well in your relationship with yourself and your business. May you go well and go gently. And remember, if you thrive, your business can too.